Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to my virtual cool kids table. Uh, I've been doing these interviews now for five and a half years, and I have had just an absolute pleasure talking to people in all walks of life about what drives them to be successful, uh, what got them to where they are and and where they want to go in the future. And we're not going to stop now. We've done over 555 or more episodes, and uh, we just keep plodding along. I I originally thought I'd do about 50 shows. I never thought this would become such an integral part of my business, but it has opened up a lot of doors. And what I have learned through talking to so many successful people is that success leaves clues. Doesn't matter who we talk to, if they give us sort of their journey and how they succeeded, they can't help it. They leave an idea, a theory, a nugget behind, and hopefully those of us listening can pick it up and run with it in our own business. And today I'm going to talk to somebody who I don't know him, but we have a mutual friend and his drive and his uh, stick-to-itiveness impress me, and he's actually a professional basketball player. I know you're thinking, what? In the world of COVID, nobody's playing basketball. Well, that's true. He just finished up playing in a league in Mexico, uh, and currently he is, like the rest of us, on quarantine. But we're going to talk about what it took him to get to be at the pro level of basketball through high school, through college. By the way, he went to San Diego State University. Go Aztecs. And uh, we'll talk about uh, what his long-term goal is for basketball and beyond. So welcome to the show, Winston Shepard. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. No, I'm thrilled to have you here. So, Winston, what's your background? I mean, you know, a lot of little boys grew up wanting to play basketball, but but let's let's hear your your story. Uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, just like most of those young guys that you mentioned, uh, I'm from Texas. I'm from Houston. Uh, my mother and my father played at the University of Texas in Austin. Uh, so basketball was, you know, pretty much. From the time I was a kid, that's all I knew. So, uh, so, so I hook him, hook him. I, I, I got to jump in and say, hook him horns. While I went, while <laughs> I went to horns. San Diego State, I live in Austin. So, I, uh, I'm right. as much, a, I'm as much a Longhorn fan as I am a uh, 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 Aztec fan. Absolutely, man. Such as myself, I originally first off committed to go to the University of Texas in high school, uh, and due to a couple different things, uh, I ended up going to San Diego State, um, but. You know, the journey is like any other journey. You just start off and you're not that great. Uh, it's like anything else. And, uh, you know, through hours and hours and hours of hard work and hours and hours of watching video and tape and highlight films and 
you know, you just begin to get a little better, a little better. And, you know, the biggest thing with sports is uh, the confidence, man. I mean, everybody's just about the same level of talent, some better than others. But what really separates the guys is the level of confidence that you have in yourself. That's what I would say is the biggest key in this field of work. So what do you think led you? I mean, a lot of people go and play college ball. But what led you to say, I'm going to play all over the world? I mean, if I'm if I'm not going to go directly to the NBA, I'm, I'm going to go wherever I can shoot some hoops. What, what was that inside of you? Because a lot of people go, eh, I played in college. I'm done. I'll go do something else. Uh, well, you know, uh, that's that's very true, man. You know, most of the time, you know, if you look at the, the statistics of things, you know, you hear these statistics from the time you start playing basketball about you know, 1% of guys even make it to college and 0.1% of those guys even make it to the professional level. Um, you know, I had a couple opportunities when college finished, um, obviously to make some money, continue to play and uh, really have a, a free way to travel around the world. Uh, it seemed like a no-brainer to me. Uh, I don't have much responsibility as far as kids and things of that nature. So I said, hey, why not use my 20s to travel around the world, get paid to do so? And uh, I get to continue to play basketball and further my profession, man. So it was a no-brainer for me. So I think that uh, professional sports athletes and actors and comedians, I, I think they're a great analogy for entrepreneurship because you have to work hard. So let's talk about the hard work that's actually involved to play <laughs> at the level of basketball that you play at. Let's hear about your workouts and, and, and stuff. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just describe a typical day in the off season. Okay. I might have to wake up around 7.30, 8 a.m., you know, barring whatever I did the night before, still have to get up. And normally my day starts off at the weight room. Um, there's a facility down here in Houston called the Plex. And most of the professional athletes in the city work out there. And I'm meaning boxers. I'm meaning track stars, tennis players, football players, basketball. I mean, uh, it's a who's who at this gym as far as athletes go. Uh, so most of my days start off there about 8, 8.30. Um, and it's probably about a two-hour workout. Now, most of the time, these workouts vary from anything from plyometrics um, to endurance to strength to ropes. I mean, it's, a, it's just a merit of different things that, you know, the day on a day-to-day -day basis change, you know? So we never do the same thing two days in a row. So if I had a day where it was more running and endurance, then the next day would be okay. We're going to have more weights and strength building. So that's the first part of my day. And normally uh, that will end maybe about 10 or 11. So it's a two-hour workout deal. And uh, grab a quick bite to eat. And then I get to the gym. Uh, now, when I say gym, I mean actual on-court basketball because the weight room is just the first part of it. You know, you have to have your body in tip-top condition. I mean, it's the probably the single most important thing to being an athlete is being able to be in the proper shape, meaning a basketball game is 40 minutes, okay? So of those 40 minutes, how many minutes can I play at a high level, you know, before I get tired and I need a break? And so that weight room plays an integral part in that. Okay. But that's just the first part. Okay. Now I have to go to the court to work on my actual skills, which would take me about another hour and a half, two hours to do ball handling, shooting, post work, um, 
work on my moves, work on different scenarios of closeouts and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, it's equally as tough as the weight room. And, uh, you know, there's often days where you come out of the weight room and you're just dead. You know, you're just absolutely tired. But, you know, then the, the, the thought comes into my head of, okay, I know there's a guy in New Jersey, the same age, working out, and he still went to the gym after the weight room. So I have no choice to go. I have to go. And, uh, man, you'll see very quickly it just becomes a, a stroke of mentality um, most days, man, because a lot oftentimes you're tired. You might have had a long night before partying or hanging out or whatever, you know, and uh, there's still no excuse to not hit the weight room, not hit the gym. So, uh, man, most days are very tiresome for me. Um, but, you know, it's the price of doing business in this profession, man. So I absolutely love it. <laughs> and uh, it's probably the most fun thing I can think of myself doing at this particular moment in my life. So there's a couple of things I want to unpack on what you said. One of the ones was you said, you know, that it keeps you going, that there's somebody in New Jersey or wherever who is, is really the competition. So absolutely in professional sports, when you when you look around at all the people who can play at your level, uh, how important is it to be competitive on the court, but also off the court in prepping it yourself? It is, you know, uh, I mean, you'll probably often hear me say it's the single most important thing, but I mean, there's really probably 10 things that are equally as important, but the competitiveness of it is definitely high on the list. I mean, it's, uh, you know, okay, for example, there is probably, I don't know, about 5,000 professional basketball players across the globe. Which, okay, now in my profession, that seems like a lot. But in the grand scheme of the world, that is not a lot. And, you know, so, you know, you just know some of those guys are have various levels of work that they can. You can always bet that when I'm, I'm doing this interview right now with you, somebody somewhere is running. Somebody somewhere is working on their ball handling. Somebody is shooting. Even though it's quarantine, they're still getting their workouts in. And so if I am not getting mines in and I happen to run into this guy, say, in China – in the game, then he can outperform me. Mm-hmm. And of course, nobody wants to be outperformed in anything they do if, you know, you're that competitive. And uh, so it quickly becomes, you know, okay, man, I, I have to keep going, okay? I have to try to wake up earlier, okay? Can I get one extra workout in, okay? Can I change my diet a little bit? Anything that's going to give me an edge over the guy in New Jersey because that edge will, okay, equate to probably a couple more dollars, you know? So, it is a very competitive business, but my life has whole entire life has been competitive, man. So it's the norm for me. And uh, like I said, man, it, it ultimately normally ends in you having a ton of fun, man. So it's a great thing to do. So as, as you as you told us about what goes on in the off season, what's your life like when you're playing on a team and you're actually in the season? What What is your okay. commitment like then? Okay, I'll give you guys a, a quick glimpse. Okay, so last season I was playing in China um, in a league called the Aishan League. Um, I was based in Malaysia, but you play teams from Taiwan. You play teams in Hong Kong. You play teams in Bangkok, Philippines, Singapore, Vietnam. So you're traveling all over Asia. In any given week, you might have three to four games, meaning I might have a game at home Monday, I might have a game on the road Wednesday. So 
in season, man, is is uh, it's not the time to do much practicing on your craft. This is the time, like I would liken it to, the time to take the test. Okay, so the off season is my time to study. I got to study. I got to cram. I got to get ready. Okay, and when once the season comes, now that's the time for the test. And you know, when it's time for the test, you don't have much time to study. So. Man, it's like, okay, it's just a quick go, 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 man. You might have to fly. I might have a game in Hong Kong, and then I have to fly to Taiwan that same night and play the next day. Um, and, and, and very quickly, you know, your body gets run down. So now you bring in another factor of, okay, how well do you take care of your body? Are you stretching? Are you getting enough rest? Are you taking ice baths? Are you doing cryo? Are you drinking green drinks? I mean, it just becomes a lot of different factors to keep you at that peak performance level to keep you going, man, because the season very quickly gets, it gets going and it gets going in a hurry. And oftentimes when you're an American and you're playing overseas, they look to you to be the team catalyst. Meaning that every night I have to come out and I probably have to score the most points. I probably have to get the most rebounds. I have to make sure I'm getting my teammates involved. I mean, you, your workload is insane. And nobody's ever going to want to hear excuse of, oh, man, I'm tired. Or, man, we had a game yesterday. We have another one today. I don't know if I can do it. Nobody ever wants to hear those excuses. So during the season, man, it's uh, – I would say what's most important during the season is how well do you take care of your body mm-hmm. uh, that will allow you to stay at a level of performance that is required to be a professional athlete. If you're not getting the rest, you're not going to be able to go as long or as hard as you would like to, which will equate to they will surely be able to find someone that can, which goes back to the competitive aspect of it. So, Man, during the season is a hectic time that most people don't really think about when you just normally turn on your TV and you see basketball players and see these guys doing all these great moves and jumping and dunking and (laughs) shooting from the parking lot. Man, those guys' body are beat after the game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you bring up a really interesting point that I think correlates directly to people who have businesses and that there's a time to study and to do the legwork and there's a time to be on the, on the game and to be, to be, you know, taking the test is the analogy that you used. And I think, I think for business people, that's something that we can learn from athletes is there's never a downtime, no matter how you look at it, you got the season, you got this. So we're on quarantine now. Uh, Nobody cares. (laughs) You know, right. You've, you've got to treat this as the time to be working out, but you can't go to the plex. You can't go to these places. What are you doing now? Okay. That's a great question, Tom. So right now, man, uh, like you said, everybody's on quarantine. Okay. Now, we as Americans know sometimes these type of things happen in the country. You know, there, there's been various epidemics, pandemics over the course of our history. And eventually this time will end and basketball will start up again. Okay. Now, when that happens, nobody's going to want to hear you say, oh, man, we've been on quarantine. I haven't been able to get to the gym. I haven't been able to work out. I haven't. It's going to be hit the ground running and we're going to see very quickly who's in shape and who's able to pick up where they left off. So, as you said, all the gyms are closed. All the weight rooms are closed. Everything is closed. Okay, so what am I to do? So, on a day-to-day basis now, I am getting up and I am running about as much as I possibly can around my neighborhood. Uh, At my old high school, we have a set of uh, huge stairs that I have to run. And then my uh, trainers have some mean things that I can do at home as far as push-ups and planks 
to sit-ups and different things that to, to retain my elusiveness and my stretching. And so when this time does end, I will be ready to hit the ground running. So like I said, there's no excuse. But even though this is a quarantine and you have to stay at home, stay at home, stay at home, and you can't be in groups, there's no excuse to not run and to not do push-ups and squats and things like that to work on your body. Because we all know this time will end and things will resume. And you're going to have to be ready if you're an athlete because we're going to hit the ground running, man. If there's a shortened season or we have to cram a bunch of games into a short span to finish the season, that is going to put a tremendous amount of wear and tear on your body that if you have not been preparing during this time, you'll see very quickly guys get injured going from zero to 100. Yep. And, and again, I think that's a that's a, a lesson for people in business. Uh, there's sort of two schools. There's a lot of people who I see posting going, oh, I'm so enjoying the downtime. And there's right. other people who are like, what downtime? I'm going, right. you know, I'm going at full speed, even if it's throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall to see what what sticks. I'm trying to reinvent. Absolutely. I'm trying to change. I'm trying to grow uh, because when it comes back, we got to be up to full speed with our businesses and with our physical ability if you're if you're an athlete so winston i'm I'm listening to you talk and one of the things i teach when i go in and speak to companies or to associations or i've spoken to a couple of teams uh, when i go in and speak to any group that's trying to to work and grow for a final thing i teach them uh, three things that sort of the main buckets they have to fill and really pay attention to are their plans their passion and the people who they engage with. So you've already talked to us about your plans because that's really what you do daily in order to make sure you're staying in the top condition to be a, a world-class athlete, a world-class basketball player. Uh, the, the second bucket is, are you passionate about what you do for a living? I don't think anybody who's been listening for the last 15 minutes has missed the fact that Winston Shepard is very passionate about playing basketball as his career right now. So, mm-hmm. so you got mm-hmm. those two buckets in spades. The third bucket is all about the people. Now, in the business world, I always say all opportunities in life, business or personal, all opportunities are going to come from people. So it's about your network. It's about the reputation and the brand that you create. How does that work in the world of professional sports? Is it equally as important to find opportunities? I mean, listening to you talk, I, for, I forget that there are all of these basketball leagues all over the world. I mean, I, I pay attention to, to college ball and, and to the NBA, but I know that, you know, all these countries have basketball and there's all these different leagues. How do you even get plugged in to get hired by these teams if you're a kid from Houston? Okay, man, that's a great question as well. And I would tell you that it is even more important about who you know in this basketball game than maybe in the business world. For example, uh, like I think I said earlier, man, let's just say everybody has about the equal amount of talent. Okay. Everybody's pretty good at this level, man. If I, when I go to China, some of the guys I play against, these guys are amazing. Just as good as myself. Okay. So what is going to separate me from maybe getting a little more money than the next guy? Or what is going to separate me if it comes down to myself and the guy from New Jersey? Okay, it's relationships. So I'll give you guys a quick example. I was playing down in Australia one year and I had a really great year statistically down there. I was the best player there. And uh, one of the coaches that I ended up uh, coaching against me, you know, it just shows you how small the world is. He ended up getting the coaching job at a place in China. Now, because I had played so well down there, and more importantly, the way I handled and carried myself 
guess who his first call was to when he got the coaching job in China? Now, mind you, I never had met this guy. I never played for him. Nothing. He just coached against me and saw what type of player I was and what type of person I was. And that helped me to get a contract. So to answer your question, you have an agent that's involved, too. Now, obviously, I don't know. I cannot call these certain teams in China and Europe. I don't physically handle that side of the business myself. That's what you have your agent for. But you'll see very quickly, you know, in this business, man, you'll hear, okay, this coach, he coached against you here, or this guy saw you play here and he really likes you. Now he's coaching here. He wants to bring you in. It's the same as business, I would, I would, I would imagine. Oh, it's exactly. So it's exactly like my business. I make my living speaking at conferences and to companies and other types of organizations. And right. at the level that I'm at, while you were talking, I was kind of nodding because at, at the level I'm at, everybody's good. You know, everybody's real good. Absolutely. Yeah. And and while there Absolutely. may there may be more than five thousand professional speakers, there's probably only I don't know. I've heard the I've heard the number that there's twenty thousand active professional speakers. But I actually think it's less than that, who that's their full time right. profession. So right. it's probably not much different than, you know, if there's 10,000, uh, everybody's pretty good at that level. And so Absolutely. What, what really makes the difference is a little bit of what your unique talent is and your message. But then it's the relationships. It's people having seen you. It's them hearing from other clients that you're good to work with. So I think that the, everything that you said is is huge. Now, I want to take a shift. I talk a lot on this show about mentorship. And so let's talk about mentors, both in the basketball world and outside the basketball world, because I know that you're really committed to this whole idea of, you know, finding people who can who can make your path easier. Absolutely, man. I mean, so much of this of life is, you know, who helped you and who taught you and who gave you a, 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 a helping hand when you needed it. And it's the same in basketball, man. I've been blessed um, to be able to be around some of the great minds of the game. You know, uh, I shortly forgot to mention that when I was a young man, about 14 or 15, I had the opportunity to go and play at the number one high school in America, which was in Las Vegas at the time called Finley Prep. Now, this is a school is uh, this is not a place where you can pick up the phone and call and say, hey, you know, I would like to come there. This is basically invitation only. And that really changed and opened my eyes to what being a pro was, man. I often tell people, hey, I've been a pro since I was 15. You know, I had to move out of my home, move away from my family. I had to sacrifice things like prom. And, and, and women, there was no women in my high school. There was no football team, baseball team, only the basketball team, 12 guys, all pros. And you see everybody from different places and everybody goes about the game and approaches it just a tad bit different. So it was amazing for me to be able to meet these young men moving away from their families, sitting in similar situations to myself and come together and everybody try to be successful, man. And uh, I would say that that probably has helped and prepared me the most. We had a great coach there. And uh, I would say as well, too, you know, my mom and my father, it helps that they both play the game at a high level, you know, high division one level. You know, you're, you're from Texas or you live in Austin, I should say. I don't know where you're from. but <laughs> I'm a Southern California not, boy. I'm a, I was raised in Southern California. but uh, Okay. Well, it's the same there, too. You know, you're not going to get to the University of Texas if you're not a very good player. And uh, so just by both my parents being there, they were able to show me the ropes and teach me some of the work that they can. 
you know, kind of prepare me for this path that I would be on. And then fast forward to now, now that I'm a professional, then you need guys like Dave Morris to give you advice and, you know, help me out with things like taxes and, you know, this, all these crazy stimulus packages and everything that's going on right now. You need a helping hand and that type of stuff just to kind of get a grip on it because on a day-to-day basis, I would say I mostly think about basketball and how can I better my body? How can I better my diet and things like that? So you have to have other people around you to keep you in the right mind frame of, you know, things that are going on in the world, you know, because most of the time I'm focused on my specific profession, but there's a big world out there. Yep. So you have to have other guys and other people around you that can keep you in tune with things. And I would say guys like David Morris, I've been had the pleasure of meeting and developing a friendship with. And uh, it was great, man. So I'm I'm a big believer that in business or whatever your business, you're just in the business of basketball in business and in life. You need to have mentors and coaches and people listen to the show. People listen to the show. I talk about the I have two young men who I've mentored for about seven years. They both showed up when they were newly out of college. Uh, They were both new to Austin. They didn't know each other, uh, but I introduced them to each other. And now they're like really, really close friends. But both of them over like seven years. Uh, you know, they, I call them my fake sons because I spend so much time. And, you know, they originally were asking me advice when they were applying for jobs. And then, like you were saying, having someone to turn to about things like, you know, taxes or other life things. Uh, they're a real big believer that having a mentor just makes it easier to answer the tough questions. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm always right. But, you know, I've been down the path of life a little bit farther than they have. So uh, during this time of quarantine, I check in with my kids. I have a kid who lives in Chicago. I have one who lives here in in my house, but I check in with them regularly. But I also check in with Nick and with Jake like I would my own kids just to make sure they're dealing with, you know, everything that's going on. They're both kind of extroverts and now they're home alone. So having those types of mentors, they'll tell you it's important. I, I wish I had had someone like that. I think it's very important. So how did you I know I know Dave fills that role uh, partially in your life. How, how did you even meet him? Oh, man, we happened to be at a uh, a San Diego State Aztec um, alumni camp. Now, or I should say, um, this was for the donors, you know, the guys that sit around, the, they sit courtside. Those are the guys who normally have the most money. And, you know, so we got to kind of flip the roads where we got to bring those guys in and show them what, what a day of basketball and hard work looks like, man. It was the funniest <laughs> thing you would ever see. And uh, so, man, we just got to kind of chopping it up. And, man, most of the time, you know, guys with like minds gravitate towards each other. And, man, we kind of hit it off a little bit at the camp. And uh, we've been staying in close contact with each other ever since. And, um, you know, I can hit him about anything, man. I hit him about taxes, okay? I'm playing overseas, so it kind of brings it to a different element of how I bring in my income. And I might need to file different. And just certain things that, you know, maybe a guy like myself who's so focused on the day-to-day, I need those type of mentors around me and to give me advice or to steer me in the right direction. And uh, that's what Dave has become for me. And uh, I can pick up the phone and call him and pretty much ask him anything. And uh, like you said, he might not have the right answer, but he can at least steer me in the right direction of where to look 
and that type of uh, friendship is invaluable, man. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And, and it's always interesting how it's sort of a chance meeting with these two gentlemen who I mentor. One of them came in when he was in college. Uh, his professor brought the class to see me give a speech at a business event. And he walked up to me afterwards and said, wow, you're the best speaker I've ever seen. And I remember looking at him going, you're young. You haven't seen that many speakers. Right. <laughs> uh, but but he went to college about an hour away. He asked if he could keep in touch. He came up to Austin a few times and took me out for coffee. But it was just sort of a chance meeting. The other gentleman, I had same thing. I met him in a Starbucks and just started talking to him. And he was applying for a job. And he had some advice he needed. And, you know, we just we just kept in touch. And seven years later, you know, we're, we're friends more than anything else. Uh, but And that's the, that's the beauty of life, man. Man, you just never know who you can help or you being yourself, who you appeal to. And like I said, man, that's the beauty of life. And uh, guys with like minds, man, they always kind of somehow, some way find themselves together, man. And, uh, well, you know, it's great when you can have those type of friendships. It, it, it is. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone older like Dave and I to someone younger like Nick and Jake or you. Uh, it also happens between people. So, uh, Absolutely. so Win- Winston's uh, friend and mentor, Dave Morris, is the first person I met in the door. Actually, the second person I met in the dorms at San Diego state in 1984. And, you know, it's like, I always remember meeting him because he's been one of the most influential friends uh, that I've ever had in, in my life. I I was in his wedding. He's my daughter's godfather. Um, You know, and so, but it's a chance meeting that you just happen to cross paths with people. And that's why I always teach people in that third bucket. We talked about plans, passion, and people. You have to pay really close attention to when the right people come along and you have to cultivate those relationships because they can have a huge impact on you. Don't you agree? Absolutely. If if it wasn't for just something as small as this, if it wasn't for Dave and him and I keeping in contact over these last couple months and really developing our friendship, then I wouldn't be here speaking with you today. I met I met you through Dave. Yep. You know, and so. Is you know, it's it's uh, oftentimes like that. It's things like that. You just never know what's going to happen. That's why being a good person pays, man. That's you know, just being a nice person, keeping in contact, and asking people about their day and things like that. Yep. Oftentimes lead to more better relationships. I I fully agree, and that that is one of the best secrets, Winston, that you will ever learn in your life, and that is treat everybody well. Because you never know who's going to be the person who brings you that opportunity that makes you stand out in some some amazing way. Absolutely. So if Dave listens to this, and I know Dave, he will listen to this. Uh, he's gonna he, he he doesn't like to be the center of attention all that much. Man, we're giving him all the pub right I, now. I was just man. gonna say this is like the Dave Morris <laughs> fan club meeting right here. Uh, so you know he'll, he'll he he doesn't you know not that he never wants to be the center of attention, but he doesn't like it most of the time. And uh, he'll he'll listen to this and just shake his head, going, "Did you guys really have to go there?" Yes, Dave, we did. Thank thank you for all you do for me for Wednesday. Winston and for so many other people. Hey, Winston, I got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode, it's brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly, they take the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Winston Shepard. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things. 
and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Winston, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. As we kind of wrap this up, what's the coolest thing you look forward to in your future in basketball and beyond? Uh, man, well, I am a, a guy that loves to speak. And uh, so I, I'm hoping that I can maybe one day do something similar to what you're doing or maybe be in some sort of commentary role. Um, I think that that would be my interest when I am done playing basketball. Um, like this game of basketball has taken me to all over the world, man. I've seen some places that people have to pay for and I've got to go there for free. And, uh, you know, so just from that, man, I am very humbled and thankful that, you know, just a game, just a elementary game of just shooting hoops, man, can pay, you know, for cars and, 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 and trips and, and help family members out and put me in a position to see this big, beautiful globe. And uh, I just hope that I'm able to do this as long as my body allows me to. And then when I'm done, hopefully I can get into some sort of role of speaking and being a mentor like we talked about and giving advice and, you know, helping out the next generation, man, because that's what I believe it's all about. Well, you got the personality for it. Uh, we'll welcome you with with open arms to the National Speakers Association. And, and, and there's plenty of people who can teach you how to do the business that I do. In fact, uh, uh, you probably have heard the names Mark Eaton or Walter Bond. Uh, both of them. Absolutely. Both of them are professional speakers who played in the NBA. Uh, I kind of know Walter. I know Mark really well. So uh, when the time comes, I'm happy to make either of those introductions for you. And uh, if you just want to start looking around, the Houston has a chapter of the National Speakers Association. And you can just start hanging out with people who who are doing that for a living once we're allowed to hang out with people again. (laughs) Right. Right. Who knows when that will be? Awesome. Well, Winston, any last advice for the listeners of cool things entrepreneurs do about success? Uh, man, I think the most important thing, I, I say that so many times, it's funny just to even hear myself always saying that, but I think you have to have fun with whatever you do. Like, you know, I really enjoy waking up and going to the gym and going for a run. I, I really enjoy trying to figure out new ways to improve my diet and you know, and just trying to find that little edge, man, it's it just, it's just, it gives me a lot of joy when I go to the gym and I know that I had a long night and I still got up and I still put in the work. I mean, it's just a great feeling and it's, it's fun, man. I, it, it has been the same amount of fun for me since as when I first started playing the game, which is why I still play to this day, you know, and I think if it's not fun for you, whatever you do, then you should probably get out of that because when a tough day comes, you might fold. <laughs> so you have to be having fun with whatever, whatever profession, whatever venture, whatever you're doing, it should bring you some type of joy and a smile to your face. And I think that's how you know you're doing the right thing. Well, I've so enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you and I can keep in touch. Uh, we're not, we don't live that far apart. If uh, once, once society reopens up, if you find yourself in Austin, we'll go out and have a beer and, uh, and, and we can talk more about Dave behind his back. <laughs> man, I would definitely appreciate that. I, I had a blast. I thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm glad we were able to get this conversation. And yep. hopefully, you know, one of the listeners, we were, we were able to inspire them or influence them in some form or fashion. And uh, that'd be great. I, I think you inspired a lot of people. And the other question for you is if somebody's listening to this and they're like, wait a minute, I've never heard of Winston Shepard. I got to follow this guy. Uh, do you have a way? Do you, are you on social media? Do you have a website? How do people get in touch with you? Uh, I am on Instagram. 
And I also am on LinkedIn, uh, just under Winston Shepard, that is Shepard, S-H-E-P-A-R-D. I know sometimes people like to put two P's in there. Um, but I am on Instagram and I am on LinkedIn. And uh, if anybody's out there listening, wants to get in contact with me or even just to, you know, whatever, uh, you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, Winston, again, thank you so much for being here and being a guest and sharing your journey. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I say it every episode. If it wasn't for the audience, why would we have a podcast? So uh, please uh, go and leave a review if you like the show. More importantly, tell your friends. Uh, most people who listen to the show tell me they found it because of a recommendation. So I'm really big on asking you to go tell somebody today, right after you hit stop on this episode, tell somebody about this show. Uh, We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Winston Shepard. And now I think you're saying, wait, where will you ever find anybody as cool as Winston? We'll do it. We do it every twice a week right here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So in the meantime, go out there, flex your entrepreneurial muscles. Make sure your ladder's against the right wall as you're climbing that corporate ladder. Don't do it in the the wrong place. Try some new things. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>